Is Jesus the only way to God? This question has been around for centuries. While it is a big question in our time, it is not a new question. One historical observation is that when multi-faith is strong within a nation or an empire, then this question is popular. So, in the years 30 to 313 AD in the Roman Empire, multi-faith belief and practice was dominant and common. The claims of Christianity that Jesus was the only Lord and Savior angered the Roman officials. And historians have identified those 10 periods of persecution against the Christians. We're familiar with the stories of Christians being thrown to the lions in the Colosseum in Rome and the stories of Christians being made human torches in Nero's garden in Rome. Only in 313 AD did that persecution end when the emperor Constantine announced that Christianity was the religion of the empire. During that period, there were many apologists who wrote in defense of Christianity and its claims that Jesus was the only true Lord and Savior. And some of their works have survived to this very day. Then again, in the period 1450 to 1750, as travel developed, as new aspects of our planet and our world became known by the journeys of Christopher Columbus and others, once again, people in the UK and other Western countries realized that there were other beliefs that there were other faiths in the world and that Christianity was, was a Western religion and belief. And once again, this claim of Christianity that Jesus was the only Savior was once more questioned. And so it is in our time, in our day. Prime ministers are keen to advertise that the United Kingdom is a multi-faith nation. And by that they mean not only that there are people living within the United Kingdom, groupings within the United Kingdom who follow different religions other than Christianity, but they also mean that those other religions are of equal worth, of equal value as Christianity. That any religion can be followed and chosen and devoted to. And it will result in salvation and life and happiness. And there are two recent developments which have made this big question of Christianity so big and important in our life, in our mind, in our thinking today. Is Jesus the only way to God? One of the recent developments within our, our nation is, of course, immigration. Uh, peoples coming from other countries with their religions to our nation. In 2021, 331,000 immigrants came to the United Kingdom. 
In 2022, 504,000 immigrants came into the United Kingdom. And now in the United Kingdom, there are increasingly groupings of people following other religions than Christianity, making this question that we are thinking of this evening a big question, a popular question, one of the most asked questions of Christianity. Is Jesus the only way to heaven, the only way to God, the only way of salvation? Are these other religions not of equal value and worth and legitimacy? Can we really claim this exclusive right of salvation for Jesus Christ, the Son of God? Immigration has made us familiar with all kinds of beliefs and religions You and I know something about Hinduism and Buddhism and Islam because of immigration of these people to our our land. Many of them are nice people, kind people, generous people, humble people, hardworking people, sincere in their faith and devotion to their religion. So we're asking in our question, Are they wrong? Are they lost? Will they miss out on salvation because of the religion that they are following? Those families traveling across the English Channel, losing their lives on those high seas and and dangerous channels, people following another religion, are those people without salvation. Immigration has made this a big question then in our nation. A second influence which has made this a big question is improved communications. It has forced this question on us. There are few countries that the media has no access to. Something happens in in, in another continent, another land, and, and within minutes we hear about it. We know about it. The dead fish in Australian waters, Putin in Maripol, the earthquake in Ecuador killing 15, the protests in Israel and in France, all happening at this very moment as we worship here in Udenard's congregation. And journalists delight to unearth new tribes unknown of tribes, new aspects of nations. In February 22, a brand new, uncontacted Amazon tribe was discovered. And as we learn about these nations and about their religions, this question is forced on us. Is Jesus the only way to God? And evangelicals, are not united in their answer. A survey of evangelical young people found that 65% of them said you cannot be sure which religion is right. I found within our own denomination, taking young people's weekends or, or camps When asked if they have any questions, this is usually the first question that they ask. Is Jesus the only way to God? 
What about those who've never heard the gospel? Will they be lost? Will they miss out on heaven? This is a big question about Christianity. It's the third question that we've been looking at in these evening services, and we've followed the same model. We've looked at the Bible, we've looked at reason, we've thought of some objections, and then we have some application at the end. And we follow that model this evening. First of all, what does the Bible say on this question? And to help you this evening, I have the clear verses from the Bible set out for us here. And the first is from John chapter 14, which we read, Jesus speaking to his disciples, I am the way. No one comes to the Father except through me. We'll think of what Paul says thirdly. We'll think of what Peter says secondly. But this is what Jesus says on this question. I am the way. No one comes to the Father except through me. That's pretty clear, isn't it? Three times in the context of the sixth verse, the phrase way is used. The definite article is before the word each time. It's the way. This is not any ordinary way or common way. This is the fundamental way. The way between us and God. The way whereby you and I, who are flawed, who have sinned, can be right with God, can enter heaven, can be rescued by his mercy. What is that way? How can you and I enter the glory of heaven after this life? That is the context of John chapter 14. We speak about the way to Belfast. It is that path between our beloved town and the big city. There is a way to Belfast. And so there is a way, the way, to heaven, to God, to salvation. Jesus says, I am the way. One writer comments on Jesus' terms here. He says, Jesus is asserting the uniqueness and the sufficiency of his work for men and women. The way to heaven is Jesus. His perfect life in the place of all who will believe in him. His death on the cross for the sins of many. That is how Jesus is the way. And when we turn from our sins and believe in Jesus Christ, who is the way, then we are on that way to heaven, to God, the way of salvation. The easy way to go to Belfast, perhaps, is by Dundonald, up the carriageway there, over the hill, down the other side. The, the harder way to, to go to Belfast, perhaps, is over the Craig Antlet Hills. It's twisty, turny. There's no petrol station up there anymore for, for coffee or refueling. But Jesus is saying, there's no alternatives. There's no options I am the way. By my life, by my death, 
by my resurrection, I am the only, the exclusive way to heaven, way to God. What does Peter say then? One of the disciples and leaders of Christianity. Here he is in Acts chapter 4. It's a very charged atmosphere. And not like this evening. A very charged atmosphere. The people are staring at him. The people are antagonistic towards him. And here he is. And he's making this claim. But he's saying the same thing as Jesus has said in John 14. Here Peter says there is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. And once again, this is really clear. Just ponder some of the statements he makes here for the exclusivity of Jesus Christ as Savior. No other name, he says. There's no other Savior, no matter what people might claim to be, what religions might offer No other name. The five pillars of Islam. The purgatory of Roman Catholicism. The door-to-door visitation of Jehovah Witnesses. The reincarnation process of Hinduism. There is no other name, he says. No other religion. No other person. Whereby you and I can be saved. His phrase, under heaven emphasizes the whole universe. It's much wider than the phrase he has in the verse, among men. It's much more exclusive. Anything under heaven, including humans, demons, angels, no one else, nothing else can contribute or offer salvation. And must emphasizes that salvation is only in Jesus. He has been established by God to be the Savior. Here again is this clear assertion that Jesus Christ is the only way to God, to heaven, to salvation. Thirdly, we hear from the Apostle Paul. Now you'll be glad this evening, well maybe not, but... uh, We won't be addressing all of these these verses. It's Romans chapter 5. But I really encourage you to ponder them later on. Here is Paul and he's saying the very same thing as, as the Lord Jesus and as the Apostle Peter in this dense but incredibly clear claim that Jesus is the only Savior. In the previous five chapters of the book of Romans, where this comes from, the apostle has been explaining the way of salvation. That whatever country you come from, he says, we are people who have sinned against God. God in his love and grace has sent his son, Jesus Christ, and through believing in him, we will be forgiven and made right with God. And he anticipates a question at verse number 12 of chapter 5. And the question is, our question tonight, is Jesus the only Savior? One person, one man, is he the only Savior? And this is what the apostles reply is. He argues, well, one person ruined us. So one person 
can save us. In this chapter, you you see again and again, he, he mentions Adam, the first man, who represented all of humanity. And by Adam's sin, by Adam's fall, you and I have been affected by sin and by death. One man ruined us, is his argument. And so he comes again and he says, well, one man, the God man, Jesus, can save us. By his righteousness, by his death, that one man, the God-man, can save us. All of you have a sense of affinity to that number 10, don't you? In the green shirt. That inspiration of the, the Irish team. The one, everyone on the field and off the field claims that he makes everyone else raise their game. He influences them. He affects them. And that illustration is a very faint shadow of this assertion here. The one man, Adam, has affected all of us. Here this other one man, the God-man, Jesus, he saves all those who are united to him. Salvation alone is bound up and secured and connected in Jesus Christ, the Savior. So here is Jesus in that really well-known passage, John 14. Here is the Apostle Peter. Here is the Apostle Paul. All three of them making the same claim with clarity. Jesus is the only way to God. As we think of this, we see how different Christianity is to all other world religions. All other world religions are saying to you, you have to work. You have to put in labor. You have to put in a shift to try and earn your salvation. It's all about what you can do and you might never do enough. Islam has its five pillars of salvation. A pilgrimage to Mecca, confessing Allah as God and Muhammad as his prophet, Praying five times a day, giving to the poor, fasting for the month of Ramadan. Do these things and you just might earn your salvation. And all religions are works based what you can do. But Christianity is based on what Jesus Christ has done. And you and I, unworthy, guilty, unable to do enough to merit salvation before God, are commanded, are invited to put our trust, our faith in the work of Jesus Christ, who has lived perfectly in the place of people like you and I and died on the cross for the sins of the world. As we trust in him, we will be saved. That's the message of the Bible.
Secondly, let us come uh, to think of some reasoning uh, that lies behind uh, this, some additional support uh, for this position. And thinking at this point of a a very uh, narrow use of this question that we have this evening, I'm thinking of it uh, as it's understood among people within the Christian church. Is Jesus the only saviour? Do people then have to believe in him for salvation? That is the question that that perhaps you've thought about. As you've thought about people who've never heard the gospel of tribes who are still being discovered. Jesus is the only saviour. You you allow that. You recognise that. but, But then... Your other question is, do people have to believe in Jesus Christ for salvation? And two answers are given to this. One, I would argue, is wrong. The second one, I would argue, is the right answer. One position held is that if people believe there is a God through the creation around us, if they repent of their sins in their lives and hearts by the accusations of conscience uh, which they have in their lives, the assertion is that they will be saved by the death of Jesus which atones for such people even though they have never heard the gospel or believe in Jesus personally. They cite Old Testament examples like Melchizedek, like Job, like Cornelius in the New Testament. They call such people pagan saints or anonymous Christians. So they argue that Jesus is the only way of salvation, but people do not have to believe consciously in him if they are sincerely seeking after a God revealed in the creation they do not have to repent and believe in Jesus. And we reject that view. We believe that we do have to be savingly united to Jesus Christ. John 3.16, that wonderful and well-known part of the Bible which summarizes the gospel for us, whoever believes in him has everlasting life. It's not just that Jesus is the only Savior. He must be my Savior. But the second view is that every sincere person seeking after God will be provided with the gospel. And will come to believe in Jesus. That is that all who respond to the revelation of God. In, 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 in creation and in nature around us. Who, who recognize that the supreme being who has made, made us. Who wants to know that God. Who longs to know that God. Who feels their sense of unworthiness. Some tribe. This new discovered tribe. At the edge of the Amazon. They are searching after God. The Bible seems to reveal that God will bring the gospel to them. There's numerous 
cases of this in the Bible. There's Cornelius, a Roman centurion. He's fought in battle. He has seen the dark side of the world and of life. He's fasting. He's praying to God. He's seeking after God. He's not saved. He's not a Christian. He's not a changed man. But what happens to this sincere seeker after God? God sends the apostle Peter with the message of the gospel to him. There is Rahab, a woman in the city of Jericho. She has lived a a dark life, a a, a low moral life, but she has heard of the mighty power of God bringing his people across the river Jordan. She recognizes that this is the true God. She wants this God. What does God do to that woman? He sends the two spies to her house with the gospel. There is that Ethiopian treasurer And he is reading his Bible. He is searching after God. He doesn't understand the words of the Bible. But here is a sincere seeker after God. And what does God do? He sends down a preacher to that man in the desert to teach him the gospel. And so we assert, I assert, That tribes who've never heard the gospel, they are currently lost. But those who have responded to the light that they have, the knowledge of God that they possess, if they are sincerely responding to that by the grace and mercy of God, God will send to them a missionary. They will hear the gospel and they will believe in Jesus Christ, the only way to God. One example, and history is full of examples of this, of missionaries going to tribes where people are seeking after God but have never heard the gospel. In the 21st century, one missionary describes is speaking to a, a vast a group of children with a, another team of leaders in a field a hundred miles outside of Zambia. They hear the bells on a cow's neck. And along comes this elderly man with his cow. And he addresses the missionary, telling him that he'd traveled for a day and a half because he'd heard of this missionary with good news. He, he points to the skies and said, for years I have known that God has, has, made, has made this world in which I live but I wanted to know more, but I I didn't know anymore. He comes and he hears the message of the gospel and he believes in Jesus Christ and he takes the missionary to his hometown where 13 other people like himself were waiting to hear the gospel. And so we argue those who sincerely respond to the light given within the creation, those on the ends of the earth, who long for God, who want to know God, who who desire to, to serve and please God, God in his providence, like Cornelius, like Rahab, like the Ethiopian treasurer, will bring the gospel to those people and they will believe 
in Jesus Christ, the only way to God. Some objections uh, to asserting that Jesus is the only way to God. One is, and this is a strong one within our society, that this excludes other opinions, other religions, other views. We live in an inclusive society. All views on morals, all views on religions are to be respected and accepted by us as equally valid. No one is allowed to be wrong in our society. But that in itself is a dogmatic position. That in itself is saying that my position is wrong. To claim that all religions are of equal value is a dogmatic and an exclusive statement. Besides, the nature of truth is that it does exclude. It excludes error. The youngest person here will know that two plus two is not five, is not three, it's four. Your teacher would be doing you a disfavor if she said that, well, we can make it five, we can make it three. Poor number five being left out. Poor number three being ignored in this sum. No. She asserts, asserts that the exclusive answer, the truth here is, the answer is four. And so claiming that Jesus is the only saviour, the only way to God, the only way for you and I to get to heaven does exclude other answers, but that is the very essence of truth. It excludes error. The other objection is that there are parallel beliefs to Christianity in other religions. There are many efforts and increasing efforts to show that Christianity and other faiths have many similarities. It is argued that all religions basically teach the fatherhood of God and the brotherhood of of man. But do they? Atheism, a growing religion, doesn't have a God. Buddhism is basically atheistic. Islam has a very different God from the God of the Bible. The image of an elephant is used to describe the commonalities of world religions. And so the story goes, there are three blind men lost in the jungle and they come across this elephant. Now one grabs the leg and says, well, this is a, a tree trunk. And one grabs the, the trunk of the elephant and says, this is a rope. The other grabs the, the ears of the elephant and says, this is a fan. They, they use different terms for the same thing, and this is the argument that Islam has its prophet Muhammad, its book, the Quran, its God, Allah, as Christianity has their God, our God, the Bible, the prophet Jesus. But there is this fundamental difference that we've already mentioned. 
that all of these religions emphasize our effort, our work, our attempts, our commitment. Christianity teaches us that we are saved. We get into heaven. We come to God purely by his grace. Buddhism promotes its eightfold path. Islam its five pillars. Mormonism hopes that the grace of God will make up any defect in their efforts and in their work. Christianity says, by faith in Jesus Christ, we are forgiven, made right with God, and set on the way to heaven. Objectors to the exclusivity of Jesus as Savior have really missed a crucial point. Their gripe is that there is only one way of salvation in the Christian's view. Whereas the real amazing thing is that there is one way of salvation. A sure way. A certain way. A way open to you tonight. Scripture, some reasoning, some objections it brought to this question and answer. Then lastly, some applications for your life. Can we thank God that we have heard the gospel? That there is only one way of salvation and we've been taught that in our lives. We have known it all our life. There are many things that we do not know for certain in this life, where we will live all our days, what jobs we will do throughout our life, what illnesses we might get, whether there will be a banking crisis in the near future, whether the FTSE 100 will continue to go down in this coming week. These are important questions, and we don't know the answers to them. But this all-important question, we do know the answer to. Jesus is the only all-sufficient way to God. I've spoken with people who reach out to children deprived areas in Glasgow. They have found that there are numerous children within that large city who have never heard the name of Jesus. But we have. We know the way. Faith, this message of Jesus and this perfect life and death on the cross, we need to respond to it. We need to appropriate it into our life. We need to, we need to use it. It's there in our minds it's in our hearts. You can think about it. You can understand it. You can know the details and the facts. You can discuss it at length. But it needs to become real to you. You need to bring it home and bring it close into your life. You need to believe in Jesus as Savior. I borrowed a book from my brother on the Lord's Supper. It was a really interesting book written by a man, Robert Bruce. Not the Robert Bruce, but a preacher, Robert Bruce. Really edifying book, and I really enjoyed reading it. And as I was about to return the book to him, I noticed 
that all the time it was on my own bookshelf. It was there, gathering dust, unappropriated, unused by me. And perhaps we're like this. The gospel's in our mind, in our head. We know it. We've known it for years. But we need to appropriate it into our life. We need to believe. Are you searching for peace? Are you searching for hope? Are you searching for certainty? Are you searching for life? It's right beside you. It's in your mind. It's in your heart. It's in the Bible that you know. It's in Jesus Christ. The only way to God. Have assurance if you're trusting in Jesus Christ that this is all that you need. You do not have to contribute any penny, any effort, any ounce of of ambition or any ounce of contribution. Jesus is all that you need. Perhaps you've been in a job And the contract has been uncertain. It was a short-term contract and every three months or every year it came up for renewal. And as the time drew near, you would wonder, well, will I be here next month or will I have to look for something else? There was always that uncertainty hanging over you, a bit like that Ireland game yesterday in the first half before the referee helped the Irish team out. That uncertainty was there. But for the Christian shouldn't be there. Jesus is all that we need. Hear him saying it. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me, but everyone does come to the Father who trusts alone in me. Surely it challenges our witnessing, doesn't it? We know the way to heaven. We know the way to God. We know the way of salvation and we're surrounded by people in our shops, in our workplace, in our families, in our communities who don't know the way, who are not on that way. Surely we should be moved and compelled, however hard it is, however awkward it is, to share this message that Jesus is The only way to heaven. So here's our question then. Is Jesus the only way to God? The only way to heaven? The only way of salvation? Our answer is from Jesus, from Peter, from Paul, summarizing the message of Scripture. Yes, he is. he is here tonight offering us the way to life the way to God the way to heaven it's near you step on to the way by faith by grace come to Jesus believe in him know the certainty the assurance the peace the forgiveness of his salvation If you drive, or if you will drive, you will know the pain of missing a turn-off. Especially 
if you're going down the motorway. And at this moment, perhaps flashbacks come to you and you remember missing that junction and having to go for miles on down the motorway to come back to get that junction. But you were able to come back. But if we miss this way, there is no other way. Jesus says, I am the way. 